Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 2 Kings chapter 21 from the World English Bible. Manasseh was 12 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah. He did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, after the abominations of the nations whom Yahweh cast out before the children of Israel. For he built again the high places which Hezekiah his father had destroyed, and he raised up altars for Baal, and made an Asherah, as Ahab king of Israel did, and worshipped all the army of the sky, and served them. He built altars in Yahweh's house, of which Yahweh said, I will put my name in Jerusalem. He built altars for all the army of the sky in the two courts of Yahweh's house. He made his son to pass through the fire, practiced sorcery, used enchantments, and dealt with those who had familiar spirits and with wizards. He did much evil in Yahweh's sight to provoke him to anger. He set the engraved image of Asherah that he had made in the house of which Yahweh said to David and to Solomon his son, In this house and in Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. I will not cause the feet of Israel to wander any more out of the land which I gave their fathers, if only they will observe to do according to all that I have commanded them, and according to all the law that my servant Moses commanded them. But they didn't listen, and Manasseh seduced them to do that which is evil more than the nations did whom Yahweh destroyed before the children of Israel. Yahweh spoke by his servants, the prophets, saying, Because Manasseh, king of Judah, has done these abominations, and has done wickedly above all that the Amorites did who were before him, and has also made Judah to sin with his idols, therefore Yahweh the God of Israel says, Behold, I bring such evil on Jerusalem and Judah, that whoever hears of it, both his ears will tingle. I will stretch over Jerusalem the line of Samaria and the plummet of Ahab's house, and I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wipes a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. I will cast off the remnant of my inheritance and deliver them into the hands of their enemies. They will become a prey and a plunder to all their enemies, because they have done that which is evil in my sight, and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. Moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much until he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another. In addition to his sin with which he made Judah to sin, in doing that which was evil in Yahweh's sight. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh and all that he did, and his sin that he sinned, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? Manasseh slept with his fathers and was buried in the garden of his own house, in the garden of Uzzah, and Ammon his son reigned in his place. Ammon was twenty-two years old when he began to reign, and he reigned two years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Meshulameth, the daughter of Haraz of Jotba. 
he did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, as Manasseh his father did. He walked in all the ways that his father walked in, and served the idols that his father served and worshipped them. And he abandoned Yahweh, the God of his fathers, and didn't walk in the way of Yahweh. The servants of Ammon conspired against him and put the king to death in his own house. But the people of the land killed all those who had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his place. Now the rest of the acts of Ammon which he did, aren't they written in the book of the Chronicles of the Kings of Judah? He was buried in his tomb in the garden of Uzzah, and Josiah his son reigned in his place. That is the end of chapter 21. Taking the information from 2 Kings 18 verse 2, we deduce that Hezekiah was 42 years old when Manasseh was born. And then looking at the information in chapter 21, we find that Manasseh was 45 years old when Ammon was born. This is in contrast to Hezekiah's father Ahaz being only 12 when he was born. Then from the ages given at the end of chapter 21 and the beginning of chapter 22, we can figure out that Ammon was 16 years old when Josiah was born, which means that Josiah was six years old when Manasseh died, and he probably noticed some of his grandfather's repentance and change of heart later in life that we will talk about a little bit later. The list of Manasseh's evil is very extensive. He goes all in, polluting even the temple that Yahweh has chosen to put his name on, putting all kinds of abominations there. In, in just a short time, that generation was seduced, enticed to do the same as what Manasseh was doing. They would not listen. They willed not to listen to Yahweh. And again, in verse 10, it mentions Yahweh sending prophets, but here he gets right to the judgment, and even my ears were tingling, thinking of the thoroughness of the cleansing of the land. I got to thinking about the faithful who were still there. We know that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faithful a couple of generations later, and that's evidence that not everyone was wicked. Yet because the wickedness ruled the land, both from the king's leadership and in the hearts of the vast majority of people, God told them the nation would be conquered. He had given them a choice in Deuteronomy 30 verses 19 and 20 through Moses. He had warned them repeatedly, and as a nation they had sunk to the depths of depravity, a nation, a people that he had attached his name to, and that could not go unanswered. I think that one reason this is different from when Abraham asked God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah for the sake of ten righteous people is this very thing, that God had not attached his name to Sodom and Gomorrah. These people did not represent him. So his mercy there would have been simply for a few. Here in Israel, in Judah now at this point, it is his covenant land with his chosen people, and he must act in order to properly show his character to the whole world. He will not be associated with such wickedness. And while his character will st still obviously includes mercy, which he will show on a grand scale through Jesus Christ, there is a cost for mercy. Someone bears the burden of the injustice and the wickedness done. So then there is the issue of the children not bearing the guilt of the fathers. Again, each generation that returned to Yahweh was blessed and justice was delayed for the nation. 
But also, the judgment of the nation does not mean that anyone who humbled themselves before Yahweh bore the guilt of the sins of the nation. Guilt is always applied to individuals, and we all have guilt, but some of us have confessed and accepted what Christ provided for our guilt in his mercy. Other people, like the people of Judah in this case here, rebel against being told that they're doing wrong and think that by denying their guilt they can outrun God's justice. Unfortunately, that is how Manasseh lived most of his life, because he was definitely old enough at 12 to understand why his father Hezekiah worshipped Yahweh. Now is a good time to again mention that in 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verses 10-16, through 16, we are told Manasseh is taken in chains by the king of Assyria, to which Manasseh responds with humility and begging Yahweh for mercy. Since 2 Kings 21 describes Manasseh's reign as wicked, and that is also heavily emphasized to the same degree in 2 Chronicles 33, this indicates that his captivity and subsequent release were quite a bit late in his reign, so his son Ammon was probably already in his teens, having been raised in a completely wicked environment. Not that that is an excuse. Each person has their choices, but those who have influence also have responsibility. It doesn't say why Ammon's servants killed him, but recall that Manasseh had set the precedent of much killing, particularly of innocent people, as it talks about in verse 16. So it's not like these servants are doing anything much different than what's going on everywhere. And Ammon wasn't even innocent. And so we get the second youngest king of Judah, Joash in 2 Kings 11, having been seven years old when he began to reign. And then we'll see in chapter 22 here of 2 Kings that Josiah is eight. But there's one major difference about them. But that's for the next chapter. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 